welcome to another edition of the Forkstown Podcast. Your one-stop shop for anything and everything surrounding Seattle Mariners baseball team. My name is Rick Clark, and with me, as always, the human jukebox, Mr. Bo Chisholm. Bo, how's it going today? Um, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm, I'm tired. I'm a little silly. I'm a little delirious today. So let's just, let's see. I'm also watching Mariner baseball after a bad weekend of Mariner baseball. So I'm, I'm doing very well. I'm doing very well. A little delirious, a little tired, but I'm going to make it through it. How are you doing? I'm doing well too. Does that make you a masochist after watching something that was completely terrible? Over the weekend, you're back to watching it. What does that make you? Is it masochist? Is that the right word? Um, masochism. Is that the right? Yeah, maybe, maybe. But I feel like all Mariner fans have a little bit of that in them. So, yeah, I guess I'm just tapping into mine tonight. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, you're you're absolutely correct. It was a bad weekend of baseball, and we are unfortunately here to review that bad weekend of baseball, but. Um, you know, I'll, I'll try to crack a smile. I called you the human jukebox, Bo, because, you know, you were singing before we got on air. Do you want to let the viewers know, the listeners know what you were singing before we hopped on air? Um, what was I singing? Um, I think on my foot, I had Enya stuck in my head. So like Enya, that, that, you know, that, whatever that song is called, right? I was listening to a little bit of that and, there was some rise against prayer of the refugee. You didn't hear that one, but that one was also in my head as well. So I had, I listened to that too today too. I so. had a number of things. Today's a, today's a musical day. Yes. Hmm. You're also singing, uh, what was that? Billy Joel too, but you know, at least that was better than Enya. Like, yeah, Enya that's true. That's true. It. That's true. I just, you know, you hear these things on wherever Instagram and they get in your head and then you're like, what am I supposed to do? So there you go. I don't imagine you watching Instagram reels. That's just really weird. That's not, that's like out of Bo Chisholm's realm right there. Kind of. I, I, I blame my wife. She's the one that kind of got me on them. Right. She like, uh, she'll like shut and they've got really good, funny, like toddler ones. So I, yeah, I just, I just laugh a lot. So, yeah. Maybe I'll start sending you some because <laughs> I see some pretty bad ones, <laughs> some bad ones in a good way. Maybe, maybe I'll start sending them your way. Sounds good. Get a good chuckle. I like at it. it. I like so. it. <laughs> Before we get into everything, thank you for taking time to listen to another edition of the Forkstown Podcast. This is episode number 72. We're having fun, even when the weekend of baseball that we're going to review is pretty crappy. Um, so, you know, we still like to have fun. You know, Bo, <laughs> getting a little delirious. Um, he, You guys can't see him right now. Um, I, I think he's going through like a midlife baseball crisis right now. Uh, he shaved his head. He looks like a like a like a bald refugee. I don't, I don't know what else you want to call him. Um, he he copied me for some reason. I just shaved my head. Too. I was just about to say, um, let's calm it. Let's relax there with the with the shaving of the head stuff that's going on here. Let's just calm it on that big guy because because you take the cake. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, I know. I'm pretty. I'm pretty. This is almost shiny. Almost shiny. Yours. Yours not so much. <laughs> um. <clears throat> For all our returning listeners, welcome back. For all our first-time listeners, hey, thanks for choosing Forks Down, and hopefully we're your new home for Mariners baseball talk. We only got about a week left in the season, and hopefully the Mariners can make it to postseason. And, uh, you know, we've got more to talk about. Um, you know, we've got 
one big week of baseball left against teams that are in the same boat. They're competing to get into the playoffs and none of them have, uh, has punched their ticket yet. So the Mariners still have a shot. Um, so that's why we're here. That's why we're talking. And hopefully we get to continue talking into the playoffs. If you haven't already, go hit up our social media pages. You can find us on Facebook, find us on Instagram, find us on threads, search Forks Down Podcast. You can also hit like and subscribe on your podcast listening app. You'll get notified about new episodes dropping. You can rate us on there. If you don't like us, give us a one. Uh, you know, if I had to ask you, please give us a five. You know, it'll help us get up the charts a little bit more, get us a little bit more visibility, and, uh, you know, maybe start making some money off this. But that's not why we're here. We're having fun. We're having fun. So, well, there was no Mariner's Notes. Unfortunately, we can't uh, spend some time on Mariner's Notes and talk about something good. So we get to immediately head into the Mariners versus Rangers. Um, Rangers were at home. Big series. Uh, I know I said in the last podcast episode that the, the Mariners could not get swept. If if anything, you lose two of them, you come back and win one, which, you know, it's not going to down us, but it keeps us in the race. And uh, they did exactly what I told them not to do, and they got shelled and um, gave up a lot of runs and lost all three games of the series. Uh, we let's start with uh, game one. Bryce Miller versus oh boy, you didn't even put the name here. Who started for Texas in the first game? It was sorry, I believe it was Dane Dunning. It was Dane Dunning. Thank you. I I was gonna say Dane Dunning, and then I couldn't remember if he started against Gilbert. Um, that's how bad the series was. Like my the games kind of run together. Like I'm gonna look at the stats, but. Um, you know, Bo's got a little bit better handle. Uh, did you go back through and watch the, uh, the condensed games this time around to, to refresh yourself? Yeah. I mean, I watched a lot of these. I, I, I still, I, maybe I am a masochist. I, I watched a lot of the, I watched a lot of this game, you know, uh, that I was able to right? <clears throat> um, in between doing a lot of things and then I did end up going back and watching a lot of the condensed games, but, um, yeah, it was uh it was a rough series. You know, you thought that maybe the maybe the Mariners had some magic in a couple of these games and I think what's good I think the big takeaway from the series is going to be that we had a lot of opportunities, I think especially late in games to uh um to score some runs in this one and we did it on a couple nights, but uh yeah, on this you know, in this series in particular, we had definite chances in the ninth and couldn't take full advantage of them. So um, definitely a rough series overall, and um, I think it just kind of continues, at least from what I can see, right, just to be a, a real continuation of a rough uh, rough September of baseball. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Um, <laughs> sorry, I've got the game up. We're watching. We're shooting the game while watching the game, the Monday night game, and uh, uh, not a good start for the Mariners, but uh, I just watched Cal Raleigh get hit in the uh, – nether regions on a foul ball by Martin Maldonado. So I feel his pain. He, uh, he had some tears in his eyes, uh, back to the Rangers game. Yeah. It just, it was a rough series, rough, you know, it, it felt like, bro, I don't know to you, um, you know, at least listening to the game, it felt like towards the end of every game, they had a shot, you know, um, Friday's game. They, they had the tie and run at the plate in the ninth. Um, you know, and, and Saturday was the same way. 
in the in the Saturday game in the ninth, they had a chance in the ninth and just couldn't pull it out. Um, and and it really shows. I mean, if you go back and and kind of look, you know, we're going to talk about it. It's one of the stats we always pull up. Um, you know, there was a lot of runners left on. It wasn't a, a fact of the Mariners not getting runners on. Uh, <laughs> there was just a lot of runners left on base. Yeah, a lot of guys left on base, and I think you couple that with um, there were, um, I think, uh, a lot of hard hit balls in this one. And, um, you know, I heard it described as like the Babbitt gobs were just not in our favor in this series. So, you know, you can make a case that a couple more hard hit balls kind of fall in and maybe a couple of things change in this game and you're right back into a couple of them. But, um, yeah, I, uh, you couple that with like, like you said, the runners in scoring position and it's just continuing a trend that we've kind of seen, um, over these last couple of weeks, which is just, it's tough to it's tough to reconcile with just the team that we saw in August, um, in part of July, right? Um, and uh, yeah, it, it it makes me kind of wonder what the, I mean, who this team I think is for the most part, right? And I know that we've had a couple bad road series here, and we played a couple teams that really good teams like not very well, good teams not very well. So yeah, it I i dared i shudder to say like it seems like we're playing april and may mariner baseball but that's kind of what it seems like to me right now and it, it makes me nervous for yeah the astros series and then ending with the rangers it just it really sucks to bookend that middle stretch of the season where you know the mariners came out of the all-star break and had one of the best records in the you know entire mlb for two three months you know it just April, May baseball, and now September baseball has just been what has been tanking this team, you know. Um, <laughs> you take that out, you win a couple more games here and there in the last couple days, and suddenly, you know, you got the Astros on their heels. You know, we're kind of the ones on our heels in the in the corner trying to box our way out when, you know, it, it takes a game here and there. It takes a game in April or May win that one, you know, and suddenly, you know, we're, we're up on the Astros and they're coming into T-Mobile and, and having to fight for their life, you know? And so it just, it, it really stinks that all that good baseball in, in the summer part of the season has been bookend by pretty, pretty terrible baseball. You know, it, there's no sugarcoating that, you know, we're, Bo and I are some of the biggest fans, you know, in the Pacific Northwest, if not the entire nation, you know, we, we follow this team for a long time and it's like, there's only so much sugarcoating you can do before you're like, this is kind of absolutely terrible. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know any other way to put it. Right. It's just, uh, got our hopes up and we've seen what really good looks like. Right. I think that's the, that's the thing we saw what we know, what this team is capable of. Um, the pitching when the hitting is on and um it's just kind of disappeared over the last couple of weeks here outside of you know an oakland series and a couple of games against the the angels there so um yeah well i know we're we're down right now as we're recording but um hopefully we'll still find some way to tap into that so um Let's, let's get started with some of the stats here. Um, like I said, Bryce Miller started the game. He picked up the loss in the game. Not a great night for Bryce Miller on Friday night. Uh, four and a third inning, six hits, six runs. All six of them earned. 
only struck out two, did give up two home runs. Let's see. Uh, first inning off of Miller looked like Seager hit one. And then this one was an absolute just <laughs> sucked the air, I feel, out of the Mariners, you know, sales. Uh, Evan Carter, a rookie, second inning off Bryce Miller. And I'm pretty sure there was two on. So that was a three-run home run. So, again, not a great night for Bryce Miller. And, uh, you know, we're, we're in the stretch of games where it's it's 10 in a row. We don't have a break. Um, you, you wanted Bryce Miller to probably get a couple more innings here because this is game one and game 10 in a row, and you want to save that bullpen. And instead, you know, he goes four and a third. And that just means, you know, the Mariners are bringing in four relievers this, you know, this game. Uh, Sacedo came in after, pitched a third of an inning, gave up a couple extra runs. And then the rest of the way, uh, the relievers kind of did their job. Thornton went to uh, a third of an inning, only gave up a hit. Spire came in for an inning in the third, had a strikeout, no hits. And then Campbell, um, I thought Campbell looked fairly well in uh, Friday's game. One and two-thirds innings, had two strikeouts. And, uh, yeah, that was that was the pitching. Um you know, uh, it's not like Texas did any better. Dane, Dane Dunning only went five and a third and gave up four uh, four earned runs and a and a home run. But you know, he did enough for his team to you know get that victory. And and it just seems like Bryce Miller did not. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna we'll talk about the rest of the series, but um, uh, and Brian Wu, but um, Bryce Miller just looked. Um, he just looked, he just looked like a rookie, like absolutely looked like a rookie that was getting beat by a very good professional major league, you know, top five offense in baseball. Like that's what this felt like to me. Right. Like, um, you know, Bryce Miller throws a lot of first pitch strikes, throws a lot of fastballs. Um, what do you think Corey Seager's looking for when he comes up his first time? Right. Like that's obviously what he's looking for. Swings at his first pitch and hits it out of the ballpark. Right. It's just, um, I think Bryce Miller and Brian Wu going into this offseason probably have a little bit to work on in terms of their pitch mix and how they approach different teams like the Rangers or, you know, other good offenses um, like the Rays, like the Orioles kind of going forward. Um, Cause I just don't think we got, we don't think we have the best out of them. And both these guys are pretty good pitchers. Both of them have pretty good fastballs and they can put them where they want to in you know, good spots, I think. But um, I think that, when you only have a fastball or when you have a fastball, that's your best pitch, right? Uh, against a good fastball hitting team and a good offense, right? That's just a bad, bad formula for, for, you know, um, bad things to happen. And I think that was the case in this, obviously the, this first game. And then I think in the bookend with Brian Wu. So um, I think just in the off season, they're going to have to adjust their pitch mix. They're going to have to figure out, I think how to mix it up, throw it a little bit differently. Cause I think when we play teams like this, this is just going to be, a little bit more of the same, right? They'll do it. They can do that stuff against the A's. They can do that stuff against maybe the Royals, but you know, good offenses like the Rangers are going to beat you like that. Mm-hmm. And it's funny you bring up Seager because I'm pretty sure if I remember right in the pregame of the first game, um, <clears throat> that's one of the things that they keyed on, you know, when talking about the Rangers was Seager's a very good first pitch hitter. You know, he's very aggressive on the first pitch. He's a very good, you know, that whole team's a good set of fastball hitters. And it seemed like Bryce Miller, what does he do? Like, I kind of wonder what, what, you know, they were talking about in the clubhouse, like, like, you know, coaching wise, like 
you know he's going to swing first pitch, and and especially if it's a fastball over the plate. What are we? What are we telling him before he goes out? And it's not just him, because Brian Wu later in the series, I mean, even even Mike Blowers at one point, you know, I'm listening to the game, and even Blowers is going, Wu is leaving this stuff over the plate. Like, like he's can't keep doing this, you know, and then he ends up getting tagged, you know, for a couple runs that it just happens, you know. It's just like, man. You gotta, you're right. You know, they gotta probably go into the off season, work on some off speed stuff, you know, work on some, some secondary pitches just to complement that fastball. Cause they, they both have excellent fastballs, but you can't just have an excellent fastball in the major leagues. You really can't, you know? Yeah. If you do, you're, you're, you know, looking at some sort of bullpen role in the future. So Hopefully they can figure it out because I think they're both very still talented and, you know, hopefully have a bright career ahead of them. Well, yep. 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 Um, <clears throat> looking at the offense, uh, the offense, you know, was able to keep up hits wise with the Texas Rangers. Um, they had eight hits just like Texas. Um, JP Crawford at the top of the lineup went two for five, uh, scored a couple runs. Um, Cal Raleigh went two for five, had three RBIs, hit his, 30th home run of the season off of Dane Dunning in the sixth inning. Um, quite, quite the blast. Good to see uh dumper hit 30 home runs on the season. Um, you know, he's just continuing to add to that lead of, you know, Mariners catching home runs, you know? So, uh, elsewhere, Gino went two for five. Um, Kelnick, this is a this is an impressive one, and I thought Kelnick um, looked really good this whole series at the plate. You know, he was just very patient. Kelnick went one for one, but he had four walks on the on the night in Friday's game. So, uh, quite the change of pace from early season for him. You know, he was striking out a lot. I know, you know, we're watching Monday's game. He did strike out his first at bat, but awesome to see him. I felt like he walked a lot this uh, this series. And then uh, Canzone went one for three, and that that attributed our eight hits. Like like I said, you know, as we started talking, Mariners had a chance in the ninth. They loaded the bases up against, I think it was Jose Leclerc. Um, you know, Julio ended up striking out, and then they ended up loading the bases and two outs, and they just couldn't couldn't get it done. You know, it just, um, you know, another another series of. Right, not another series. Another game of watching Julio have the chance to be the hero, and you know he he strikes out, which kind of sucks. You know, kind of sucks. So, uh, offensively yeah. though, just a just a rough night. Yeah, and um, I uh, I I kind of felt like at some certain points I I. I watched it this weekend. I listened to it on the, I listened to it on the radio, like, um, and this will be more relevant for the rest of the games we talk about. But like, I, I don't know how many times you heard it, but I just got tired of hearing like, Oh, the Rangers bullpen, the Rangers bullpen is terrible. The Rangers bullpen is this. We need to get to that Rangers bullpen. And, you know, we got to it at a certain point and, you know, we did score a lot of runs off them. Right. But, um, there were just game points in this game. Like I look back at the sixth inning and, um, JB Crawford swings at the first pitch that he sees. Right. And it's just a weak ground out to shortstop. And it's just, uh, 
there were times in the series where I just felt like we weren't patient enough. And I just think the mm-hmm. offense, um, there were just wasn't a lot of good, I think, overall in this game. You can talk about maybe the offense and I think the Sunday game, but I know we ended up scoring five in the Friday game, but um, it just felt felt bigger than the gap felt bigger than I think what the score dictated there because it just felt like we just were swinging at first pitches. We were doing a lot of swing and strikes. It just uh, it didn't feel right. Like the whole entire, you know, from the pitching to the hitting on that on that game. And then especially, I think, in the, the Saturday game as well. Yeah. And that's one of the things we mentioned, you know, as we went into the series, you know, the big, the big key, I mean, I know you're tired of hearing it was to get to that bullpen. And one of the things I said was, you know, JP, you need to probably muster up a couple of those 10 pitch at bats, you know, um, Kelnick good, did a good job in Friday's game, drawing four walks, you know, obviously he at least saw 16 balls, you know? So like, um, you know, he did his part, but uh, just, you're right. Other places, JP swinging at the first pitch, you know, and it is, I don't know. I, I'm not in the position. I'm not one of those Doomer fans that's in the position to say, oh, they just don't look like they want this. Cause I feel like every team wants it to a certain extent, you know, but this series just really showed that <laughs> as, as much as I hate to say it, they're, the Rangers look like the better team and they probably very much are the better team. Yeah. I think to wrap up, you know, what I'll, I think probably wrap up this game and, you know, I'll add some of my overall thoughts to the Rangers, but um, I think I said this when the Mariners lost badly to the Rangers, the last time they were in Texas, it just seems like, it just seems like we're behind the Rangers, right? Like maybe a pitching wise, we've got mm-hmm. obviously I mean by the pitching side, we're a little bit better, but Certainly on the offensive side, they got us, they got us beat. And, um, you know, we, we took some time to build our team and this is the product that we have. And it still feels like we're, we're multiple steps behind Rangers, certainly offensively at this point. And it's just, uh, just disappointing. So anyways, yep. yeah. Yep. Well, let's move on to Saturday's game, Bo. And this one, you, you described the series earlier as a whole as, us kind of getting what was it murdered by the Babbitt gods? Is that? Uh, yeah, the Babbitt gods were not friendly to us. Yes, I believe. I believe, yes. uh, I believe that's the way that Aaron Goldschmidt um put it in this game. I believe. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, this it was this game in particular because it was a two nothing victory for the Rangers. So obviously the offense couldn't come around. Offense looked lost, swinging at a lot of first pitches. Um, they only struck out eight times, but um, also only drew three walks. So not great offensively. And uh, if there was one person on this team to kind of get bit by the Babbitt gods, it was Logan Gilbert because um, I can't remember what they said on the broadcast, but those two runs came across and the ball when it was hit, like between the two hits was hit a combined 150 feet or something. One literally just got past Ty France at first. And the other one was a bloop single to like left or left center. Like, like yeah. <laughs> not great. And then, you know, on the other end of it, Dylan Moore hits a, a moonshot to center that hits the yellow and bounces back in and it wasn't a home run, you know? So it's like, just, just unlucky from that standpoint. 
Yeah, old Mitch Garver's hit, I think, had, uh, what was it, a point, point six expected batting average on it, right? Um, with a velocity of uh, 84 miles per hour. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just, uh, sorry, then that was, that was a separate one, but that was in the second, but, um, yeah. And that's just, I think that's just the way baseball, I think kind of goes sometimes obviously. Right. Um, but you would, you would just hope with, you know, you're putting together some okay bats, right. You called the Dylan Moore double and you know, that, that, that hit, that hit that he had was a home run in, I think 21 different ballparks in baseball. So like, it's just, mm-hmm. uh, and then Cal Raleigh had a fly out in this game that I think was a home run in a number of ballparks. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, Cal Raleigh also hit a really hard, really hard ground out in this game and late in the game as well. And it's just, uh, yeah, sometimes those aren't going to go your way. And we've talked, we've talked before about like expected, like outcomes versus your regular outcomes. And the Mariners have done a really good job at closing that gap, right? Like your, your actual outcomes and the Mariners expected data looked a lot better. And the Mariners think that's what drove a lot of the Mariners in August was like, some of those hits that were typically falling, not falling in, were typically falling in. And they were, you know, just so like, if you want to hang your hat somewhere and say like, there's a place for the Mariners that they did good, right. Is that they did continue to make hard contact. Just, um, you got to make more of it in a game like this when Jordan Montgomery's, <clears throat> you know, kind of, uh, shutting you down and Logan Gilbert's pitching a pretty good game. Right. But, um, I think I want to go back to maybe the start of the game. And I think I want to ask you a question, right. Um, about, okay. Uh, I think there was a lot of talk before this game about the lineup, right? And we've talked before about the ideal lineup, and I know we were going against lefties in this game, but um, given the game that he had the night before, um, was it uh, was it the wise decision to to bench Jared Kelnick to start the game? No, no, no. He he shouldn't have been benched. Um, that's a total. If that's one thing that kind of annoys me about Scott, you know, maybe a lot of people get annoyed with like his bullpen decisions, maybe his, maybe his uh, ability or as they call it, the lack thereof of pulling the pitcher when he needs to be pulled. Um, it's kind of my, my little gripe about Scott would be, uh, you don't always have to play the matchups. Give Kelnick a shot. Show him you have faith in him by putting him in and doing something. No, Kelnick should have started that game. Our outfield was was Julio in center, obviously, but you had Haggerty in left and Dylan Moore in right. And both of them, like I said, have been coming. I said it last episode. I feel like both of them coming off the bench has been fine. Haggerty's been getting some hits. You know, Demo you know, did have a, have a long double in this one, but, um, just a lot better off the bench, but I I don't need, we don't need them starting, you know, we really, really, really don't need them starting right now. We need to put our best nine out there. And I think our best nine, regardless if it's a lefty or righty includes Kelnick, it includes Canzone and it includes Rojas. Yeah. I'm yeah, no, I'm right there with you. And I think my frustration when my, what's that? I think Scott's overmanaging a little bit. I think he is trying to, it's like, I hate to, I hate to 
keep us keep going back to this. It feels like April, May, where I think Scott overmanaged quite a bit. And this feels just similar to that. And I, I think the and it's not just kind of us talking right. I would I would defend it more if Kelnick was having just an atrocious year against left handers, right? If if Kelnick like was just in the one hundreds with his batting average and everything else this year against left handers, I would be I would be more okay with the decision. But the fact of the matter is, is that Kelnick is batting two sixty five against left handers in twenty twenty three. Um and he has, I think let's see it right here. He has a one twenty WRC plus against left handers in twenty twenty three. And mm-hmm. yeah, Sam Haggerty over his career has a better numbers against left-handers, but Sam Haggerty against left-handers in 2023 has not been very good. So like, I don't know, like you're playing the matchups, but you're not playing the numbers, right? Like I think that's the thing that in my mind, I'm just kind of a little frustrated by. And certainly, yes, it's a small sample for Kelnick this year. It's a small sample for Haggerty, like career wise, whatever you want to say there. But um, you know, sometimes we have to make inferences off small samples. And like, I think what we've seen out of Kelnick this year has given me hope that he can hit left-handers. So it's just, it's just painful to watch him. I think sit on the bench, right? Like I just, the end of this lineup, six, seven, eight, I mean, seven, eight, nine, whatever you want to say. I just, I wasn't expecting a lot. I hate to put it that way, but we both said we both have our ideal lineups and maybe against left-handers it's a little different. And those three guys weren't in it. So, um, just, uh, it's frustrating because I think we we kind of saw the lineup and we knew it was going to be an uphill battle for us. I think coming into this game. Yeah. What did what did Kelnick do when he came in? He he did get a pinch hit. And I think it was I think it was in the ninth. What did he do when he pinch hit? He walked. He walked. And who was it off of? I'm pretty sure it was off of was it Chapman? It was off of Chapman in the ninth. A left hander. Why isn't he starting that game? Oh, can, yeah. I, can I also just yeah. throw out that it's super odd to me that the Rangers have six left-handers in their bullpen? Is that just odd to anyone else? I, I don't think I've ever seen that before, that's, but it's super odd to me. That's, yeah. that's very yeah. odd. That's very yeah. odd. So It's coming from watching the Mariners last season not have a left-hander in like their entire bullpen, and most teams only carry one, maybe two. Very odd that they have six in their bullpen. So... Final line for Gilbert in Saturday's game, five and two thirds innings. He pitched five hits, two runs, both of them earned, both of them very ticky tacky runs. Um, Here's the big one. He only struck out two. He walked four people. You know, that little, little concerning there. Bullpen again was, was pretty good in this game. Um, Mike Brash did give up a hit in the one and a third innings, but did strike someone out. His ERA is now under three. Topa came in uh, for whatever, the eighth inning. Gave up a hit, but didn't let anyone across. Struck someone out. His ERA is sitting 234. So <clears throat> good on the relievers coming in and keeping it close and and giving the Mariners a chance to win, but they just they just couldn't. You know, Mariners only managed six hits on offense. Here's their here's their lines. Nine left on base, zero for five with runners in scoring position. Absolutely couldn't get anything across. Um, you know, we get Demo on second on that long double. Can't bring him across. Uh, I think Julio had a double. What was that? Off of Montgomery. I can't remember. It was in one of the first seven innings. <laughs> but uh, couldn't get him across. JP had a one for four day. Um, Ty France hit, went two for four. Ty France is... Finding a stroke a little bit, uh, 
like I said, Demo Demo went one for three. That was that was the Mariners' hits. You know, you you put in our notes, Bo, that the Mariners' offense looked lost and lost, and they really did. When we got people on base, we just you know went back to April and May baseball. Just <laughs> couldn't bring them across. Didn't know how to get the runs to come across the plate. Yeah, and um, and even I thought you know Chapman was looking a little shaky at the end of the game, and thought we had a chance to do something, but um, yeah, was not was not our day. I made a mistake in the first game when we loaded the bases in the ninth. Chapman was on; it was not Leclerc. I think I was mixing up the Sunday game with the Friday game because Sunday Leclerc did get the save. Um, Moving on to Sunday's game, Mariners lost 98 with LeClerc getting the save. Um, Evaldi came in and pitched, a, uh, I would say, an abnormal game from him because he's been pretty good all season. And uh, Wu, again, you wanted to see him go a little bit longer, but lasted three and a third innings. Gave up six runs, all six of them earned. Did have six strikeouts, two walks, and the, the big killer here was he gave up four home runs. Two, uh, one to Simeon, one to Seeger, one to Dolis Garcia, and one to Leody Tavares. So, not not good for Brian Wu. And uh, you know the Mariners' offense at least looked better in this game. But yeah, if there's something you want to hold your hat on, right? It's like the Mariners' offense did make a a pretty good comeback in this one, and you know you thought at times um especially at the end of the game uh that they maybe even pull would put out pull it out but um yeah they just could not get could not get the pitching and the hitting to i think um be consistently good at the same time um in this game and yeah i everything we kind of said about bryce miller previously but they feel like we can kind of copy and paste and say that a lot about brian Wu in this game um Again, was just fastball heavy, two-seamer heavy, and um, also a guy that throws a lot of first-pitch strikes. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I think he did throw – you know, he did throw – the he mixed in the slider. He mixed in um, – I think it was his cutter in certain places. So he did try a couple of different things, but um, this wasn't enough, I think, against um, as good of an offense as the Rangers are. So, um it just, uh, I think, you know, I think you maybe called out that Mike Blower was just saying just too many balls right over the plate, right? Too many balls that were mm-hmm. just middle, middle, middle in. And, um, yeah, a team like the Rangers are going to take advantage of that. And, yeah, that's what they did in this game. And it was just, uh, you know, one of our one of our adages before the, you know, in the April and May was like, oh, four runs should help you at least be very competitive in a game, right? Um, certainly eight runs should help you, you know, win a game, but. Um, the pitching just didn't have it in this one. So um, just uh, just a frustrating weekend from kind of our rookie starters there. Yeah. And honestly, you know, the rookie starters weren't great. Um, the bullpen as a whole was so-so, but the back end of the bullpen looked good. You know, um, we talked about Topa in Saturday's game. He came in, pitched another inning in Sunday's game. Looked, looked good. Didn't give up any runs. Munoz came in, pitched an inning. You know, before that, he looked good. And so our pitching problems have come down to um, a lot on our rookie starters and a lot in uh, the middle part of our bullpen. You know, Spire came in for two-thirds of an inning in this one, gave up a home run. 
Lizardo came in for two innings, gave up two runs and a home run. You know, doesn't help that the Royals were swinging a hot bat and hit six home runs on the day, but um, you know, you gotta, you gotta clean that up. You want to make the playoffs. You, you're in the middle of the last 10 games of the season. You've got a chance to make the playoffs. You know, you got to clean that up and, and go out and compete. And they just, as a whole, you know, over the weekend for the pitching staff didn't really do that outside of Saturday's game. Yeah. I think you said Royals there for a second, which the Royals were actually swinging a, a hot bat, but, um, so uh, did I say Royals? Well, the, it was, it was well the you were correct though, in a way the Royals were, the Royals yeah. were swinging a hot bat. So, you know, credit I, to you for, I think, for, for that. But, um, I think we need to send the Royals clubhouse, Bo, a, a fruit basket for what they did this weekend, you know, because they are probably the sole reason that we are still in this playoff race. Yep. I think that's, I think that's almost exactly right. And, um, you know, the, you know, what I heard a lot was like, Oh, well, the Astros also lost and, you know, the Astros are also playing very bad and, you know, that's all very true. Um, but you're also playing them for the next couple of days. And, um, <clears throat> you know, when your team's not playing well, you know, the better team is going to put it all together and, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll do a deep dive and cover it on Thursday, but, um, right now it's not looking so hot here on this Monday game, but, um, hopefully we'll be able to turn it around. Um, but yeah, if you're, if the best thing that happened to you that weekend was something else that happened to another team, not a great, not a great sign. We'll take it though. Um, and you know, the Royals, those pesky Royals look like they might be a tough team in the future. So, yep. Yeah. 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 They got the pieces there, you know, who knows they could, uh, they could be back in the playoffs in five years. So um, <clears throat> offensively, the Mariners out hit Texas Rangers 13 to eight. So six of the eight Texas Rangers hits were home runs. Um, like I said, 13 hits, two of them came off the bat. Uh, JP Crawford, he went two for five, had a run an RBI. Um, uh, Julio, no, excuse me. Teo went two for four with two runs. And two RBIs. He hit his 26th home run of the season. Uh, second inning shot off of Valdi. Um, Julio also went two for four. Had two runs. Uh, Cal Raleigh one for four. I'm intentionally skipping Kelnick right now. Gino went two for four. Uh, Haggerty went one for one. Ty France went two for four. So a couple multi-hit games for Ty France this weekend. And uh, I, I skipped Kelnick because I wanted to come back around to him. He only went one for four, but... How many times did he walk, Bo? Uh, Kelnick? Yes. Once? The only once. But you add that up, he walked six times as opposed to one strikeout on the series. So good look for Kelnick. Um, JP hit a third inning home run off of uh, Evaldi. His 17th of the season. Runners in scoring position. The Mariners were 4 for 11. Team left on base 8. Um, Crawford, Haggerty, Teo, Kelnick, and Gino all had uh, RBIs with the last three there having multiple RBIs. And Kelnick got his 13th stolen base of the season. Uh, eight runs, Bo. Eight, bun eight runs should have... Uh, should have helped the Mariners win this game. They just couldn't pull it out. Sucks to say. Yep. 
and um yeah it just feels you know the series i think highlighted again just feels like we are we're steps behind the rangers certainly when offensively and yeah i think we if there was anything that was painfully evident that our offense needs to improve and get better hopefully it was you know this series even though i know we i know we ended up very well but like the rangers are a lot of steps ahead of us right and um they're going to take some strides. They've got a lot of good young pieces that they're going to be able to trade for a certain point for pitching, I think. And um, yeah, they're going to be the the thorn in the manor side during all this sort of out of our rebuild here. And um, just uh, don't want to go back to Texas for a long, long time, hopefully, because uh, it was not a friendly environment to us um, the entire year, it seemed like. And uh, I'm just glad kind of the Mariners are going to be at home facing them, right? Um, we've talked about the Mariners' struggles or seemingly struggles kind of in the central and the eastern time zone this year and glad to be back in the Pacific time zone. But, um, you know, eventually, eventually the Mariners are going to have to kind of turn that around, right? So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it was a struggle. It was a tough, tough series to watch because um, I just feel like – I don't know. I don't know how you feel, but I just uh, – we're right there. Right. And there's just so many different ways you can think about the way that this season goes, right? Like is Brian Wu pitching is Emerson Hancock pitching is Robbie Ray around is Marco Gonzalez around. And maybe none of those guys would change the outcome too much. Right. But um, yeah, there's a lot of different ways that that this series at the end of the year could have gone with a couple of different guys. And um, you just think about all those things. Cause it's just, uh, it's coming down to the wire. Right. And um you really wish you could have at least banked one in this series and um, just couldn't get it done. Yep, yep. Well, you know, they've got a lot to, uh, to take care of in this last week of the season at home. Astros uh, come to town for three games. It was the last three games against the Astros, unless we make the playoffs. And, uh, you know, they're not doing so well on Monday. We'll talk about it on Monday, but the pitching matchup is Justin Verlander versus Luis Castillo. Um, <clears throat> Tuesday's game is Christian Javier versus George Kirby. And Wednesday's game is Framber Valdez versus Bryce Miller. So we've got a tough task ahead of us. We're facing three of the better pitchers for the Astros. Christian Javier has been getting lit up recently, but, uh, you know, Verlander's gonna Verlander, you know, he's, uh, been in the league for what seems like, uh, seven decades now. I'm pretty sure Kate Upton's about 57 now, but, uh, you know, he's going to do what he's going to do. And Framber Valdez is, um, has been lit up by the Mariners this season, but, can turn it up when he needs to, when it comes to uh, big innings or, you know, big situations. And uh, it's, it's time for the Mariners to crank it up to 11. You know, they've got home field advantage. They've got the electric factory behind them. Um, I know I was listening to the first inning before we started shooting and it was loud in there, but they need to, they need to turn that into some winning baseball. Yeah. I was listening to, I was listening to a podcast, I think it was today, and someone's like, uh, this really is kind of the playoffs for the Mariners, right? Like this series coupled with the Rangers. Um yeah, this is this is it. 
right? Like if the Mariners end up going um, two out of three in the series against the Astros, going to be a very, very difficult uphill battle with the Astros taking on the Diamondbacks at the end of the season um, who are, um, you know, I think still fighting for their life. If I remember correctly from the last, I think wildcard update in the wild in the NL, but um yeah, this is this is kind of the playoffs for the Mariners right now, right? This is this is the has definitely has the atmosphere of uh, a playoff feel, and um, I don't know how uh, they just seemingly have wrote this like it was going to be this way somehow, like when they picked the schedule, and it's just uh, yeah, it's come down to it. So um, hopefully the T-Mobile Park will be blasting really loud, and you know we can kind of get a couple wins out of this. I think you know winning two out of three right now is I think where you got where your mindset's got to be, and then. You know, just winning as many as you can against the uh, the Rangers when they get there. So, um, yeah, we'll be watching the whole time. Yep. 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 What? Uh, you can't pick Verlander versus Lapidra because that's what's happening right now. But which matchup are you looking forward to? Um, I'll probably go. I'll probably go. Um, let me see. Let me think. I feel like I always pick George Kirby. Um. Mm-hmm. And I think I will now. Um, George is just not. It's been a while since we've seen George. I think be as good as we knew know he can be, right? And um, yeah, we'll we'll knock on wood that we can pull this game out. But if we can't, then tomorrow is um, you know, just the I don't how you, how you could describe any other game besides as must win as this game will be on Tuesday and. Um, you know, hopefully George can go out there and be, you know, the ace that we expect him to be in the future. So, yep. 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 I'm probably looking forward to the same matchup, although I want Bryce Miller to do well against Framber. So, <clears throat> all right, Bo, um, let's hit it up with our last, um, thing of the day here. You got prospect corner and, uh, we got a couple different items here. So Bo, take it away. I'm um, sure thing. So the Arizona Fall League <clears throat> um, rosters were, were recently announced, and um, there are going to be, I believe, six Mariners on the team. Um, and we've tr- we've covered a couple of the offensive ones, um, and I just want to kind of touch base a little bit on some of the pitchers that are going. But we have uh, Jimmy Joyce, Peyton Alford, and Troy Taylor going from the pitching side of things. Um, I believe all three of these guys at one point pitched in Everett this year, um, with, uh, Peyton Alford and Troy Taylor being primarily, um, relief pitchers. So you can kind of expect that I think more out of them. Um, Jimmy Joyce was somebody that started the year in, uh, in Everett and then did end up making the jump, um, to Arkansas kind of in the middle of the season there. Had some pretty decent numbers, um, 851K per nine, three walks per nine, uh, but only given up about um, a third of a, you know, 0.3 of a home run every nine. So pitched to a 382 ERA while he was in Arkansas. So, um, <clears throat> you know, Brian Wu was somebody that went to the Arizona Fall League last year, and we ended up seeing him on the roster this year. So um, very possibility that I think especially these pitchers, I think as the Mariners are always searching for high-end relief guys, um, we could see either one of those maybe in the majors even as early as next year. So, um and just to touch base on the offensive guys, these are going to be kind of your more top tier prospects, but you have Harry Ford, Tyler Locklear and Ryan bliss. All three guys that we've covered at one point or another, um, Harry Ford, the most, um, 
you know, the, the highest ranked prospect of them all, but Tyler Locklear is certainly starting to jump up. I think prospect charts in a lot of different places. Um, but, and then Brian bliss, um, the guy that we got in the Paul Seawald trade, um, is actually having a really nice end of the year, um, <clears throat> end of the year in, uh, in Tacoma. Um, so I'll definitely be watching his kind of Arizona fall league to see how he progresses there. Um, but I think of all the guys, actually Tyler Locklear is probably the guy that I'm, um, going to be watching probably the most, I think, um, just given that he's kind of a first base, third base type. And we have a lot of questions, I think at first base, third base, maybe going into the off season. So definitely the guy that I'm watching, but, um, you know, always, uh, always good to see, you know, a little representation there in the Arizona fall league. And, you know, hopefully a couple of these guys can make some strides there. So. Um, and then the Texas championship series, I think the last note on this, um, uh, Arkansas is down a game in that, in that series against Amarillo. Um, but they are, the next game is, uh, tomorrow, um, the Tuesday, the 26th. Um, and yeah, they'll hope to hope to get it back up and running at that time. So, um, Arizona, Arkansas, I mean, Arkansas down a game right now in the Texas league championship series. So there you go. A lot of uh, a lot of good news coming out of uh, out of the prospect corner here. Although Arkansas needs to step it up, let's get a championship, boys. Well, Bo, let's close this out. You got anything else before we get out of here? That's it for me. That's it for me as well. You know, hopefully, hopefully the Mariners pull out Monday's game, and we will be back on Friday. So, for all our listeners in the Puget Sound, Pacific Northwest, and beyond. Thank you for taking time to listen to another edition of the Forks Down podcast. For Bo Chisholm, I'm Rick Clark, and we'll see you guys on Friday.